Welcome to the Feel Your Best Formula podcast. Are you over 40 and tired of struggling with your weight? Do you feel like you're constantly starting over with your nutrition and fitness? I'm Lil, a certified nutrition coach and former registered nurse, and I too have been there. At the age of 44, I decided I was done with being stuck in the vicious diet cycle. I became a nutrition coach and created the Feel Your Best formula for women who are ready to do things differently. If you're ready to build a better relationship with food, get your energy back, build muscle, lose fat, and keep it off for good, then you're in the right place. I'm so glad you're here. Now let's build your formula for feeling your best. Okay, guys, welcome to episode two of the Feel Your Best Formula podcast. And today, as part of our Feel Your Best Formula, we're going to talk about 10 rules for a healthy and productive life. Now, I got this idea. This was not my idea to come up with this list. I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts called Best Laid Plans by Sarah Hart Unger, and she shared her 10 rules. And I thought it was just really fun. And I always love hearing, you know, what healthy habits other people have. And I hope that you find this helpful too. And maybe you'll hear some things that you already do or you already know about. And hopefully I'm sharing, you know, some new ideas with you as well. The first one, I know you're going to roll your eyes and go, Lil, I already knew that, but I'm going to tell you how great you'll feel by eating more protein, fruits, and veggies. Um, Honestly, (laughs) we know this, but it can be hard to do. And in particular, I struggle with protein. I don't really have a problem with veggies. I love to eat salads. I love broccoli. I love fruit, anything. Like, I am not picky. But with protein, I'm definitely a little bit pickier. When I was pregnant with my first son, one of the first symptoms I had was I looked at chicken. It could be cooked. It could be raw. And I immediately was like, what? <laughs> and it made me nauseous and grossed me out. And for some reason, that has remained with me to this day. I don't know if you've had that experience at all, like something that you know, you had an aversion to during your pregnancy that stuck with you, but that is one for me. And I will eat chicken certain ways, but I am very picky about it. I rarely order in a restaurant because I'm never sure if I'm going to like it or not. And I have a few ways that I make it at home, um, you know, that I'll actually eat it. So I tend to um, get my protein from other sources. So I just wanted to share a few of my favorites in case you haven't tried them. In particular, I recently found about six months ago, the Oikos Pro Greek yogurt. They're awesome. They're like 140 calories, 20 grams of protein, and they're sweetened with stevia. And my family's favorite flavors are the cherry and the peach. Um, They're just so delicious. It fills you up. Um, You can have it as a post-workout snack. You can have it for breakfast. (laughs) Like, it's so good. Sometimes I eat two of them a day. Um, I also really like the Beachbody Vegan Chocolate Recover. I know a lot of vegan formulas can be really gritty. I don't find um, the Vegan Chocolate Recover to be gritty at all. I love it even just mixed with water. Um, That's something that I really love. 
And in our house, we really like the Frigo cheese head cheese sticks. They just have a more authentic cheese flavor. You know, they're not like super bland. They have a little bit um, more flavor to them. So those are a few of my favorites along with eggs. I'll eat eggs anyway, like hard boiled is a good one. Um, sometimes I'll make deviled eggs. Like on a Sunday, I'll make a batch of, you know, a dozen eggs and cut them in half and make deviled eggs. And that's something the whole family loves. Um, so those are just a few of my favorite sources of protein. Um, yeah, super important. Okay, the next one you're probably going to know too, but I really want to stress it, especially if you're listening to this and this is not something that you're doing. It's so simple, yet it can seem really hard, but 30 minutes of movement per day and try to get outside for at least 10 minutes of that. I will tell you, getting outside and walking has been one of the most impactful things I've done for my mental health, my physical health, and I actually prioritize getting outside and walking over my actual like weightlifting or cardio workout that I might be doing, you know, following a workout program. It is where I think, um, you know, if you ever have heard of those studies where they talk about how walking stimulates different parts of your brain. Um, It's a great time to problem solve. It is just so good for you. So even I know it's getting cold out um, right now, I'm telling you to go walk and I'm actually laid up with a broken ankle and recording this with my foot in a boot um, sitting on my couch and I can't get out and walk, but I know that that's going to be one of my first goals when I'm cleared, um, you know, when this broken ankle is healed, that getting out and walking is going to be the first thing I do to get started back on a fitness routine. Um, number three, the Pomodoro method. This is for you. If you struggle with procrastination, I highly recommend the Pomodoro method. So This is a system where you simply decide what your task is going to be. You commit, I'm only going to do this task. I'm not going to do anything else. I'm not going to get distracted. I'm not going to go into my email. I'm not going to start texting people. Whether you're cleaning out your junk drawer, maybe um, maybe you're um, going to clean out your email and go to inbox zero. Whatever the task is ahead of you, you set that timer for 25 minutes. You commit to focusing on that task. And after the 25 minutes, you give yourself five minutes of a break, a reward. Um, get up, walk around, go have a snack, have a drink of water, text your friends, scroll on Instagram, whatever. And you just create this little reward at the end of 25 minutes and you'll be surprised how productive you can be in those 25 minutes. It's also really helpful for kids in their homework. Maybe they can't do a full 25 minutes, but maybe you can get them started with 10 minutes. Um, I know that my kids, if I tell them, you know, do some jumping jacks, run around the house a little bit, sit down and do your work with the timer, and then you can get a reward. That has been something that's been super helpful for us. So it really can help anyone of all ages if you're struggling to get started. Okay, number four, this is such a big one for me. And I'm telling you, if you do nothing else from my list of 10 things here, this one you have to do run your dishwasher every single night, no matter how much stuff is in there. Now, if you have one dish in there, okay, maybe don't run it. 
But I read a statistic that said, even if you just have seven dinner plates in your dishwasher and you run it, you are going to use less water than if you wash those seven plates in your sink the traditional way. So do yourself a favor because I'm going to explain to you why this is so important. Now, I used to be that person that would only run my dishwasher when it was filled up completely, if not overflowing. And sometimes at night, that isn't the case and your dishwasher is maybe 75% full. So then you have breakfast, you use maybe a pot or a pan, you use bowls, you use all kinds of things. And then you find yourself with a overflow of items for the dishwasher and you can't fit everything in there and you're going to be running out the door and you don't have time to hand wash the things that don't fit in the dishwasher and you've already created this backlog and this mess that you're going to walk into later. So I'll tell you my morning routine as I come downstairs, I empty the dishwasher. Again, I run it even if there's very few items in there. And I start my day right away with an empty dishwasher. That means the breakfast bowls can go straight in there. There's no mess left on the counter. You can even have, at that point, I have room to put the frying pan in there, you know, if I made eggs. And it just sets your day off to such a nice tone. And then when you walk back in the door, when you come home, you're not going to be staring at a pile of dirty dishes. So please, that's the one thing I beg you to do from this list. And you can you know, write me an email and thank me for it because it's going to make such a huge impact. Um, number five, it kind of goes along with the running your dishwasher every night, but find the core habits that are going to have a ripple effect on the rest of your day. Now, for example, I know a lot of people out there really struggle with drinking enough water and like, oh, I don't know how to get my water in. I'm really struggling. Well, the best solution that I found, and this is what worked for me, is just make sure that filling up my water bottle is part of my daily routine. In the morning when I wake up, I have this really beautiful Yeti. It's like this really pretty pink color, and I put my ice water in it with a straw, and that's my water bottle for the day, and I know I'm going to be filling it up in the morning. I know I'll be filling it up at lunch, and then I'll probably fill it up again in the afternoon, and I just make that water bottle part of my daily life. It fits in my car perfectly. Um, I just love it, and I look forward to having my ice-cold water because it keeps it cold. It's not like, um, you know, it gets stale and gross throughout the day. It just tastes so fresh and refreshing. So when you are looking for things that you want to make change with, start looking for ways you can do that that's really simple, that is just part of your daily routine. Now, number six, I think, is something that's really become important over the past couple of years, especially with the pandemic, especially in the health and wellness industry, but be really careful who you take advice from. Make sure that if you're going to do something drastic with your health, if you're making a decision that could impact your health or your finances or your relationships, make sure that the person giving you that advice is actually qualified to give it to you. You know, if you're going to make some major change to your relationship or give someone an ultimatum or, um, you know, decide they're going to confront someone based on, you know, a therapist that you saw on Instagram, <laughs> make sure that that advice is really actual valid advice. And that goes for medical advice, fitness advice, nutrition advice, 
there's just a lot of people out there posing as experts because they want to take your money. They want it. They want you to like them and follow them. And at the end of the day, they are really not qualified to be helping you in any way. So that is something that I know I'm very careful about nowadays. I don't ever take anything at face value. Even if you have a friend telling you something, ask them where they got the information. Make sure they're not just repeating something they saw on social media um, or whatnot. So really be careful who you take advice from. Number seven is probably my favorite of all the things I'm sharing you, um, sharing with you on this list because it's been the most impactful for me over this past year or so. But be firm in your goals, but flexible in your approach and find joy in the process. You can have all the goals in the world. Um, you can be the hardest worker. And at the end of the day, you might accomplish all those supposed goals and be miserable. If there is no joy in the process to reach your goals, you're not going to be happy. Most likely you're not going to stick with it or your memory of it and the feeling you get when you accomplish it isn't really going to be fulfilling. And, you know, I know what that's like. I'm a hard worker. I, you know, I know how to do the things. And I found myself often just going through the motions um, or actually really finding certain things unenjoyable that I knew, okay, when I get to the end of this, it, you know, I'm gonna reach that goal, but my day-to-day -day life right now, this is just kind of miserable and I don't want to be doing it. So I've really made that a life rule now that the process has to be just as enjoyable as the end goal. Um, it doesn't mean that everything is rainbows and sunshine. I One thing I often tell my kids when they're complaining about, you know, working towards a goal um, is, you know, as a nurse, I did a lot of really cool, exciting, awesome things. And I also had to clean up a lot of poop. So that's just kind of how life is. You know, your overall day, you want to feel really nice and rewarding, but you might need to clean up some poop along the way. And that just comes as part of the process. But if most of your day feels poopy and less of it feels rewarding, then I would really think about, you know, how you're spending that time during the day. Um, Number eight, don't take things personally. So I think this is just a really good reminder, um, especially if you're struggling with what other people think of you, is to just always remember that people are so much more worried about themselves than they are of you. If you see someone posting, you know, some random quote on Facebook, don't immediately assume, oh, they must be thinking about me. They're mad at me. I didn't call them back. I didn't text them that. Like, no that not everything is about you. And I really like to surround myself with the type of friends where maybe you don't text them for a week, a month, six months. And then when you do reach out, they haven't taken it personally. They just know that you've been really busy and they're excited to connect with you again. So don't take everything personally. You know, don't surround yourself with high maintenance people and don't be the high maintenance person, I think would be sort of, um, you know, subsets of that. But um, number nine, and these, you know, these were not in any particular order. So it's 
you know, I'll make sure to review them at the end in case you miss them along the way, but use technology intentionally. So I'm a big fan. I have an iPhone. Sorry, I need a little sip of water there. Um, and I love all the features like the focus features. I love my Apple watch. So I'm a big iPhone person. If you're an Android person, I'm sure they have, you know, similar ways of controlling your notifications. But if you have not educated yourself, you know, on how to use the focus and the notification features on your device, I highly recommend that you do it. There's ways that you can make it so that, you know, especially if you're a parent of teens like I am, I want to make sure that if my kids, you know, they stay out later than I do these days. So I want to make sure that even though my phone shuts down and goes into do not disturb, that their phone calls and text messages get through to me. So there's a special way that you can make sure that those certain contacts come through to you, no matter if you have your phone on do not disturb or are using the focus features on your Apple Watch. I'm a big proponent of, um, sorry, I meant to say iPhone and I'm moving on to Apple Watch. I love it. I love that I can put my phone away. I can still answer my phone. I can still use voice to text to answer text messages. And yet I'm not going to be distracted wanting to go on Instagram um, or YouTube or anything else that might not be the best use of my time. So I am a big proponent of using technology wisely, being mindful about it. And there's a book I read called Indestructible. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes here, but it's fantastic. And it really gives you some great, it educates you and gives you some great tips on how you can be more mindful with your technology. Okay, we are at number 10 and it's so basic and it's so important please wear your seatbelt. Please teach your children to wear their seatbelt at all times, even if you're not with them. And secondly to that, please wear a helmet if you ride a motorcycle. And I just share this because it is one of my major life rules, like top, top life rule. I worked on a trauma floor when I was in nursing school and every day I would come in and I would look at the board, you know, the patients, and it would all be motor vehicle accidents and um, motorcycle accidents were always the worst. And I'll never forget when the nurse um, that was training me said, just remember that the people who are here are the ones who lived. And wearing a seatbelt and wearing a helmet are just good rules for life. Um, you know, no matter if you're riding a bike or any vehicle, but to always use that safety equipment. And I know it's kind of corny, but it is absolutely one of the most important life rules that I drill into my children's heads. My husband knows <laughs> these rules. Um, and yeah, so I hope you find that helpful, but I will just go ahead and review the 10 rules for a healthy and productive life by Lil. Number one, eat more protein, fruits, and veggies. Number two, get 30 minutes of movement in daily, hopefully as much of that outside as possible. Three, use what's known as the Pomodoro method to fix your procrastination problems. And I'll just tell you that's P-O-M-O-D-O-R-O, -O -O, and you can just Google it and get all kinds of tips. And I'm sure there's all kinds of blog posts about it that you can learn more. 
Tip number four, run your dishwasher every night. Number five, find your core habits. And that's how you're going to fix your problems that you struggle with is create a core habit that supports those changes that you want to make. Number six, be careful who you take advice from. Number seven, be firm in your goals, but flexible in your approach and find joy in the process. Number eight, don't take things personally. Number nine, use your technology mindfully and intentionally. Number 10, always wear your seatbelt. So there you have it. We're just under 20 minutes. I'm so excited to share this with you and hear your thoughts. I will make sure to put all that information in the show notes about how you can reach me, my website, all of those things. And um, there will be a blog post to go along with this podcast. So thank you for listening and have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of the Feel Your Best Formula podcast. If you enjoyed the information and discussion we had here today, then make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you're serious about making changes with your nutrition and fitness, then you definitely want to join my weekly newsletter list as well. You can find the link below and more information in the episode details. That's all for today, and we will see you back here next week for a new episode of the Feel Your Best Formula podcast.